Hey, this is Mike Zwick from If Not For God podcast. Our show, Stories of Hopelessness Turned Into Hope. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening and for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Becoming a king is a recovered map to an ancient path of becoming the kind of man the kind of king in whom God can gladly entrust the care of his kingdom. King of the road. We are in need of reconstruction. Dallas Willard says it this way, that the primary work of God is finding men in whom he can entrust his power. And the story of most men is being entrusted with power and it bringing harm to themselves and those under their care. Mama. Welcome to the Christian Car Guy Radio Show. I say this calls for action, and now. In a race that you can't win, slow it down. Yeah, you only get one go round. Cause the finish line is six feet in the ground. In a race you can't win, just slow it down. In a Oh my goodness, do we have a show for you today on the Christian Car Guy Show. It's King of the Road with Morgan Snyder. Like, I have been up all night like a kid on Christmas Eve, so excited. You know, I have to tell a little story. My wonderful, amazing producer, Beth Ann, once asked me about maybe a month and a half ago, Robbie, if, if you could have the 10 people that you would ever ever in your wor- you know world want to interview who would those be and and I got to tell you that that today's guest is on the top of that list and I can't even believe that we we actually are getting a chance to do this so those sound bites that you heard at the beginning of the show are Morgan Snyder discussing his new book which is Becoming a King the path to restoring the heart of a man so because I just want to get out of the way and give you as much Morgan as you can get. <laughs> Good morning, Morgan. Robbie, I'm so, on- I'm so honored, and I'm so filled with joy for this. I was preparing for our time and just thinking about how cars and trucks, in ironically, are a theme through my whole story of coming into God and his kingdom and adventure and joy and initiation and fathering, fear and courage. Cars define so many chapters, and I never thought about that until preparing to be with you today. So I'm honored and privileged to be with you and your friends around the world. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Undoubtedly, they are a a big part of my story. And also the road. You know, the path that you that you talk about in becoming a king, you know, it's so amazing to me and wonderful that God blessed you to put you on the path to to Wild at Heart, that ministry, 
and, and then be able to walk with these unbelievable sages and, and then take it a notch up by um, allowing you a decade of, you know, essentially, I'll let you describe that. Yeah, Robbie, if I rewind the clock, just connecting with our, our tribe out there today, um, the first poignant kind of car kingdom story comes when I turned 16. I was given the keys to a, a car um, I didn't have to pay for. I didn't know how to use it. I didn't know how to care for it. And my, my parents were loving people, really loving people. But my dad in his professional world kept him far away from the house most of the time. And so I grew up very uninitiated. I remember driving to a park at 16, sitting on the hood of an Acura Legend, mm. and feeling, I am on my own. This is up to me now. I, I'm, I'm now a, an adult. I must be a man. And I didn't know how to put air in the tires. I didn't know how to check the oil. And it was just a symbol of a boy growing up into manhood, but not taking the journey of initiation, the journey of being fathered and parented. And there were a lot of chapters in between, but my most recent story um, to bookend it is two days ago, my son, who is now 16, mm -hmm. and my daughter, Abigail, who's now 13, they got into my son's car for the first day of school for the year. And for 11 years, we've been carpooling every day, driving our kids to sports and activities and school. And for the very first time, Sherry and I watched our children drive away in a vehicle. And it was my son's car that he had paid for by doing mowing jobs and landscaping during COVID. And he owned the car before he even turned 16. He knows how to fix it. He knows how to take care of it. And on, at 16, Robbie, he's on time. He has become wholehearted and initiated to the point where he was ready for his kingdom. That is to say, he was ready for his area where he has been given say, this realm entrusted to his stewardship. He was ready to take the keys. And so here we are, Sherry and I, in the driveway of our little suburgatory neighborhood, and our, our little babies are driving away oh, wow. in a vehicle and it was such a contrast of an uninitiated boy in me some 30 years before that to watching our children who get to stand on our shoulders and they get to become even more because of our consenting to God and his kingdom. And so the story of becoming a king is much of that. It's two decades of asking questions, of turning and saying, where do we find life? And how do we make it last forever? Because, you know, at the heart, Robbie, I think that's what we're after. We all want life, and we all want it to last forever. You know, where, what do we do with our dreams, and what do we do, we do with our pain, and what is the most important thing? And I took all those questions, and I found the oldest wise guides I could find, and I asked those questions and sat with them over campfires and letter correspondence and over 75 stages over two years, and what I began to recover was an ancient past. It's not something new, but newly recovered, and it was a past that leads to life for my soul, and it felt like a treasure map, and I wanted to share those treasures with the world. Yeah, it's absolutely a beautiful thing. As for some of us, we've had a chance over at least the last few years to 
to listen in as as you began to you know expound some of these things that you had discovered and there were so many things that just resonated with my soul like forever will um one was you 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 talked to an older sage one time and and, you know ask him what it was like as as he became i think it was in his 70s you said and he said that my inner life has become greater than my outer life and i was like oh that's that's what i yeah that's that's the coolest thing what a what kind of wisdom you know that you got to pick up from just asking these questions well and robbie the story behind that that i don't have room in the book to elaborate his name was also robbie which is interesting and he was in his 70s and yet he was here flying from australia to meet with his two mentors so just think about that flies halfway around the 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 globe to meet with men who are his mentors older than him and he's in his 70s his son had just recently been killed in a bulldozer accident Mm -hmm. in front of him so he watched his son get crushed to death and i looked at this man and his body was tired and his hair was gray and in his eyes was light was joy was a peace that was deeper than any circumstances. And we sat in this little barbecue shop and I was all spun up. I was a young man, young kids, young marriage, young career. And I was moving fast, always in a hurry. And when I sat with him, just sitting at the table, what I remember is, is my body relaxed. I became unhurried. I I just settled in, and there was almost this message to my soul, son, you're going to be okay. And actually, you're not behind. You're on time. And so just the effect, just the atmosphere of what happens when you encounter a man who has taken the process of initiation, who understands that all of life is preparation. You know, like C.S. Lewis says, that that heaven is, is the consummation of our earthly apprenticeship. And so, yes, what I would love to, you know, just be mindful of as our listeners tune in, that we're all on a journey. And when you meet a man, so often you meet a biologically older man, but there are younger parts in him. And there's, there's young places in us that are pieces of, of, of us that have yet to be initiated have yet to mature, and that's our frontier. That's the very place that the Father's saying, son, daughter, I'm inviting you into the more. I'm inviting you into risk. I'm inviting you into courage. I want to walk with you and engage with you so you can have your whole heart back. The struggle is with live radio. we got to go to a break, and I know you're like me. If you're listening, they want to hear more, so stay tuned. we got so much more with Morgan Snyder, King of the Road, today. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Becoming a king is a recovered map to an ancient path of becoming the kind of man, the kind of king in whom God can gladly entrust the care of his kingdom. King of the road. We are in need of reconstruction. Dallas Willard says it this way, that the primary work of God is finding men in whom he can entrust his power. And the story of most men is being entrusted with power and it bringing harm to themselves 
and those under their care. Mama, man of means by no means, king of the road. King of the road today with Morgan Snyder. What a joy it is uh, to have him today on the show. This is live, and if you really have something, maybe you always wanted to ask Morgan, you're familiar with his ministry, hey, we're live. It's 866-348-7884. I know he would love to hear from you as well. So when we left our hero, Morgan, he was sitting with this wonderful sage. And, and, and like my good friend Bob, our junk, Christian junkyard guy, he'd lost his son. And, and yet there was this life in his eyes. And, and so take us back there, Morgan. I didn't want you to not be able to finish. No, it's great. Thank you. Yeah, and so what he said to me that on this path of recovering life is it was meant to be that our inward life grows greater than our outward life. But here, Robbie, here's where we find ourselves so often. We're in the throes of it, right? We, we live in a world that, that um, has idolatry of progress, where it's more and more, faster and faster. It's accomplish, get things done. Make a name for yourself. Get something going. Make a little money. It's a driving culture. But it's so important to say it's in that crucible. It's in that set of very challenging circumstances that the invitation is to ask, what, how am I cultivating my inner life? How am I allowing God to heal my soul, to mature my soul, so that I can become the kind of person, man and woman, that I can be uh, entrusted, that God is glad to entrust more and more of the care of his kingdom. And so the truth is, in wisdom's long view, while the culture might worship youth and the culture uh, values instant gratification, the scriptures remind us that slow and steady wins the race. Yeah, as that song that you heard at the end of my intro, my wife and I <laughs> dropped off our daughter for uh, college uh, last week, and for my listeners knew wow. I, I wasn't here. And she, this was her junior year, and so it was a lot different than the freshman year, I can tell you, Morgan. It was like, I didn't yeah. get to finish my sophomore year in college, so you guys go ahead and go because I'm good. You know, it was like... Wow. One o'clock in the afternoon, you hug. So I was like, Tammy, we're, you know, we're in Birmingham, Alabama. Why don't we go to uh, Gatlinburg and, and maybe Dollywood tomorrow? And so we went to Dollywood, and, and I heard that song being played live that was at the end where mm. it said, in a race. Did you really? Okay. In a ra and I just went to tears. I'd never heard it before. Because what they said mm. was, in a race you can't win, slow it down. And what my listeners know, at the end of every Christian Car Guy show, my word is, right, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went and got it all done in 33 years. I mean, it's just what I, how I've always ended my show. So when they said that mm -hmm. and they came out, you know, in a race you can't win, slow it down. And it says then you only get one go round. And then the next line is just unbelievably cool. It says because the finish line is six feet underground. <laughs> wow. 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 Which is we get planted, right? Imperishable. I, I mean, that's the deal, exactly what you're describing. Um, yeah. And it's amazing how—go so, ahead. Go, no, you, by all means. So often, you know, the kingdom is a breath away, Robbie. You know, it's just that God is here. You know, Jesus says the kingdom of God is at hand. That means the kingdom is not simply 
fire insurance and the great rescue at the end of our life, but there is so much of God's kingdom available in this moment. You know, one mentor said that we can see God in everything, and we can miss Him in anything. Mm. I remember one elder, this, this, this was a cowboy-style kind of man, and he said in front of a room of young leaders that I had brought from all over the globe, at the end, he, he stood up there with kindness in his eyes, and he said, do it all slower. Walk slower. Chew slower. Make love slower. Apologize slower. And you'll get your life back. Phew. Yeah. 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 And I used to love how, um, you know, and you got to walk with Craig McConnell. I mean, it's just beyond cool. But oh, from what yeah. I understand, he loved to chew slow. That He really, you know, tried to, to cherish his food. <laughs> that guy, his philosophy was borrowed from Winston Churchill, and it was the conservation of energy. I called him a sea turtle, because a sea turtle <laughs> can go into this almost hibernation where it can live at six heartbeats per minute. And McConnell was overweight, and he was good at sitting. And he always said Churchill got his best work done because he, you know, he had meetings in bed and would smoke cigars in his bed. <laughs> he, he required people to meet with him in his bed because he didn't want to get up. But then he would have these bursts of energy where he was fully attentive and able to give himself fully to a project. And so McConnell, one of my many mentors, all the things he said, that was one of the best. Yeah, he wanted to be like a Churchill. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> so this excavation, which, you know, when you started doing the Becoming Good Soil, um, you know, it's all there at Wild at Hearts um, Tribe. You know, you can get these videos of the intensive that, that, that Morgan did. But you showed this picture of the excavation of a skyscraper. And, and, and mm. can you go into that? It's just so awesome. Yeah, it was really moving. So I was in the throes of it, Robbie. I, I mean, I had a good heart, a love for God, was in ministry, really had turned my life around. I had a radical conversion to Christ in college. But what I found was though I was saved, though I had given my trust and confidence to God, it didn't heal my whole heart. That is to say, there were still these young places in me, uninitiated places, that needed fathering. They needed a path, and they needed a process. They needed things that come from God only through time. And so I was in the throes of it. And Well, Morgan, I, I hate we got to go to a commercial. Yeah, no problem. that's no problem. part of live radio. <laughs> so we're going to be back. You're going to want to hear this, believe me. This excavation thing will blow your mind. You're going to be right back here in just a few minutes. Please stay tuned. Call in if you want. 866-348-7884. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Becoming a king is a recovered map to an ancient path of becoming the kind of man, the kind of king in whom God can gladly entrust the care of his kingdom. King of the road. We are in need of reconstruction. Dallas Willard says it this way, that the primary work of God is finding men in whom he can entrust his power. And the story of most men 
is being entrusted with power and it bringing harm to themselves and those under their care. Mama, man of means by no means, king of the road. King of the road today with Morgan Snyder. What a joy it is to have him on. I am so excited to hear in a minute more about this excavation. But first, I need to tell you that Amy Cabo's show, right, The, the Cure, is coming on at 1 o'clock today, Eastern Time on the Truth Network, affiliates all over, that get that show. It, too, is live. And talk about cool. Today, they have gang member redemption. And the artist painter Steve Skipper is going to be on there. So, and And I've... Done some shows on gang member redemption. There's really some interesting correlations to the gospel and how people get in community like that. And, and I think it's going to be a fascinating show. So by all means, you know you can call in, ask questions. It'll be live today, 1 o'clock Eastern. So again, Morgan, when we left, <laughs> we were fixing to get into this excavation, which is just so huge, so huge in, in my life. And, I'm so, and, and, and you are one of the mentors that really brought me into this. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. And if there are live callers, I, I would just have, it would be a joy to chat with some listeners out there to hear their questions. I'm open to anything and everything someone would want to ask. Um, on the excavation, Robbie, you know, I, I was a young man, and I realized that I was spending a lot of energy building. And it's in our DNA, right? It's right out of Genesis, where God says, let us, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make them in our image. And so male and female, he created them. And then Robbie, he not only gives us the keys to the car, he gives us the keys to the kingdom. He literally turned over the keys to all of creation, to humanity, and says, take it for a spin. Discover, create, invent, and and partner with me in this ongoing generative act. And so we find ourselves building but what I realized was someone gave me a picture of an excavation site, and it was a New York City skyscraper. And if you could picture massive pieces of equipment, four, five, and six stories below ground level, they were excavating in order that they could build this tall structure. And I felt like God was saying, son, this is the path to becoming whole and being entrusted with much. You have to dig before you build. And I found that, like most men, I was spending the energy building, building a kingdom, building a name for myself, building a a bank account, rather than doing the excavation, doing the soul work to become wholehearted and integrous in order that I could have a foundation that God could build what he intended to build, in order that I had a root structure that was deep enough to withstand the drought and vast enough to withstand the storm, but it's not until the storm comes that it reveals, like, what is below the ground in the tree, and so we have to excavate if we're ever to partner with God to build his kingdom. So, you know, one of the cool things that Morgan talks about is the, you know, going after the weird, (laughs) And, and, and those who know me know I'm a little bit weird, but when it comes to this excavation, I, I really want to dig a little bit here, okay? So if you could picture the Christian car guy seven years ago, I, I, I was sitting in a meeting with my band of brothers, which is similar to Morgan's band of brothers, only we do boot camps here in North Carolina, and 
Sam, my dear, dear brother, was talking about being with a counselor and how this counselor was going after the young Sam. He said, I want you to, to go after your younger person that's deep inside, like, like what Morgan was just talking about. We each have young places, places that you know when you're touched that you feel like a little kid again, right? Or, or whatever that situation may be. And, and as, as Sam went through this and I listened to his breakthrough I went, gee, I, I wonder if the Holy Spirit would guide me through something like that. And the next morning, realizing that my, my biggest place I needed to excavate at that point in time was the struggle that I had with pornography. I, I mean, here I was, I'd been a talk show host on a Christian network for whatever, eight years. And I mean, I knew that, you know, this was in a big, this is a real problem here. And, and I couldn't, you know, it's, it's like anybody else's addiction. I can't get over it. I can't figure out what's going on there. And, and so as I sat there and tried to get in touch with my younger Robbie, I, it, the Holy Spirit showed me this place where this family member essentially revealed herself to me and, and put me in a place as a 10-year-old boy I really shouldn't have been, but I'd always just kind of wrote it off as a small place in my life. So mm-hmm. as I'm asking the Holy Spirit to jump in here and help me, Jesus himself shows up in this experience and says to me, Robbie, do you see that you were duped out of your innocence? And I have here for you your innocence card. Do you want it? You know, like he asked the guy at the well, like, you know, or the guy at the pool of Bethesda, you know, do you want to be healed? And I was like, well, yeah, you, I want it, Jesus, but I, I, I don't deserve it. You don't understand. I looked and I knew this was my relative and I shouldn't be looking and, and, and I'm guilty. And he goes, <laughs> Robbie, do you want it? Do you want your innocence card? And I said, well, yeah, I want it, but I, you just don't understand. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. And he kept very gently saying, Robbie, didn't I pay enough? Right? Mm. And I said, yeah, give me the innocence card. And, and, and that was my huge, like, I can't even believe that dig it was painful and it was it was a lot of things but it helped me get into make, break a lot of agreements that i'd made in a lot of places but the thing that i wanted to pursue with you morgan having told you this story that i think a lot of people have things in their life but as jesus comes in and gives you this healing he gives you a present right and to this yeah, day absolutely. i i have my innocence card right I'm a card-carrying yes. innocent guy, and Jesus paid for yes. it, and I know he's the hero of the deal, but to some people that may sound weird, but that's more than cool, isn't it, when Jesus does things? And I was wondering if you had something like that in your life where you'd done some excavation and Jesus gave you a cool present like that. Well, it's super weird. You just described something super weird, and you're not going to hear that in a Bible study or in Sunday school most often, but I want to pause and say, Jesus also said, you shall know it by its fruit. And so the fruit, Robbie, of the story you just told, the fruit was restoration of your soul, the fruit was confession, repentance, becoming a son, receiving the Father's lavishness. Like, And so you will know it by its fruit. And I think that the fruit is very good and true and beautiful. And so that's where in this idea of the weird, it, it's, it's a... It's a a joyful word to say, utterly unique, that every one of us is meant to know, express some part of God's heart that no one else expresses, like a fingerprint 
or a snowflake. God has written into the fabric of all creation an utter uniqueness. That's why Revelation talks about we're each given a name. That name has luminosity, something not of this world. It has indestructibility, something that cannot be tarnished. We all have a name, and so much of this journey is recovering our uniqueness. And it does get weird, but that's where it gets beautifully personal. That's where God intervenes in our life. So I'm in the western Colorado right now, really rural. I came in yesterday to get some solitude, and I was in the, the high mountain rolling plains where I was setting up a blind where my son and I are going to archery hunt for antelope oh, wow. next week. Mm. I was walking the fields right in sunset. Nobody was around for miles, and I'm just slowly walking in the evening sunset. And I felt like the Father was saying to me last night, I know you love this because this is part of the landscape of your soul that matches the landscape of my soul. And this is a place where you're known and you're loved and where we are the same. It's saying something about your uniqueness. Now I'm looking around, Robbie. There isn't another person for miles, for probably (laughs) 20 miles. And yet I was utterly loved. I was being saturated with God. And the fruit is this morning to be with you, I drove to a town, you know, to get cell reception. My heart is well, my heart is full, and I have much to offer because I chose to risk doing the weird things over 15 years to learn how to hunt, to, to invest in making blinds and being in these remote places where it's an intimate place between me and God alone. Yeah, and, you know, as a hunter myself and a bow hunter myself, I think, like, I'm really jealous <laughs> to actually would, bow hunt for an antelope, one of the most difficult animals to to get a shot at with a gun. I can't imagine with a bow. That is just beyond cool. Well, we got another break. We will be back shortly with more Morgan. He was sincere. Like, call in. I know you want to hear what he has to say, but you got a question, please do. 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. In a race that you can't win, slow it down. Yeah, you only get one go round. Cause the finish line is six feet in the ground. In a race you can't win, just slow it down. Becoming a king today, or king of the road, as we've called it here in the Christian Car Guys show, but we're with Morgan Snyder. His book, Becoming a King, The Path to Restoring the Heart of a Man, is certainly available if you just go to Becoming a King or you can go to Wild at Heart and get it there, or you can go to ChristianCarGuy.com and you can see the book. But there's also a study guide. There's videos. There's all sorts of ways, you know, that you can engage this material. And I, I, I can't tell you the fruit is is just been beautiful in my life. And, and when I look inside of Morgan's life, I happen to know that his wife Sherry is a very, very gifted speaker, but has had her own struggles and. and my wife, honestly, 
you know, when I when she found out I was interviewing Morgan, she asked me who I was interviewing today. I said Morgan Snyder, and she was like, "That name rings a bell." Who's? And I said, "Well, you know those podcasts that we listen to, the lady." And she, he goes, "She goes, Sherry. Oh, that's Sherry's husband." <laughs> <laughs> so oh. I can just tell you, their material. If, if you want to listen to like an awesome, awesome, awesome podcast, as any of the ones at Wild at Heart are, but believe me. Be, Becoming Good Soil podcast is just phenomenal and often features Sherry as well as Morgan. She does some stuff on contemplative prayer that is out of this world. I, I just couldn't recommend it high enough. Yeah, so, I think, Robbie, it would have been wise of us to have just stepped aside and let our wives lead <laughs> Christian Car Guy today, your wife and my wife. That would be really, really fun, except I don't know if I could ever talk Tammy. <laughs> into you know the mic but she she dearly loves your ministry and 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 the captivating stuff that that you know john and stacy do and and all that there's so much available here for women as as well as women and as well as men and by the way just a cool thing to note um in hebrew when you look at the word king malik it's this idea of the mem that's jesus it's water and then it it has the heart. And so when, when David said in Psalm 119, right, I run in the path of his commandments because when you enlarge my heart, that's so much of what King David was, was this enlarged heart so that he could run in the path. of his, And this is, this is the invitation that, that Morgan's talking about here. And that if you look inside the word Malik, which is king, it's very much that. It's a mem, it's a heart, it's the lamed, which means heart, and then it's a crown, which we could go into all this stuff about that, but that crown has to do with above a Jew's head, they will tell you, that they have desire and pleasure is above the crown because intellect is driven by desire and pleasure. And so here's this idea of a king, but when you add a hay on the end of king, you get queen, which literally means that the queen is an expression of the king as we all will be for Jesus, right? Mm. <laughs> like yeah, that? Robbie, there's so much dignity in that. I just love the honor. I love the dignity. And I think it's just important for our listeners to know this is, this is um, Christian language. You know, we all have a kingdom. Every man and every woman has a kingdom. It's a, it's a realm in which we have say where we want done is done. I remember when my oldest son was given a cell phone, it was a rite of passage around 13, and, and I could feel sadness. I could feel sadness, and when I really took the time to be with God and say, what is the sadness? And the sadness was his kingdom is now enlarging, that he has a kingdom beyond my boundaries, and what he chooses to do with that cell phone will be in large part up to him. And it has been said, Albert Einstein said that technology is like a razor blade in the hand of a three-year-old. It is a terribly power, powerful leverage. But I also felt a joy because he was on time. He was ready to wield that portion of power. And thankfully in my home, you know, he's been instructed, this is a great place to fail. This is a great place to learn the hard lessons, to make mistakes and to walk with God as we walk together. And so your kingdom is expanding and you're ready. And my question to our friends out there, is how is your kingdom? How are the people and the things doing that have been entrusted to your care? 
And Jesus says, every kingdom needs to be pruned. They have a nature of, of growing out of control. We get too much kingdom and not enough wholeheartedness to handle it. And so how is your kingdom and what might God want to prune this week? Oh, yeah, that's that's exactly so much of what it would be to take just pause. I, I love that idea right. of pausing and inviting Jesus into what he gave us, right? It's just a huge part of of, of slowing down to, to see what's going on. Um, and, and, and playing is a big part of that. And I know we're about out of time, but I, I would love to, 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 for the listeners to hear your story about the guy on the lawnmower. I mean, that's just awesome. Oh, so 75 men over two years. And Robbie, of all the counsel I was given, what's fascinating is the primary theme, the highest theme of all the counsel was about play. It wasn't about Christian discipline. It wasn't about morality. It was about play. Most men speaking out of regret. I wish I would have enjoyed my children of my youth. I wish I would have been present. I wish I would have not taken life so seriously. Early in my discipleship, I was visiting a friend. He, it was a new mentor. He was out mowing a very square yard, and he was mowing it in these crazy zigzag circles. And, Robbie, I'm thinking, this guy's nuts. Has he been drinking? Like, what's going on? But as a thirsty young disciple, I said, Sam, you got to tell me, like, what are you doing? He looked up from under his hat with a wink in his eye, and he said, I'm playing. Okay, now, Robbie, I'm going through all my files. No file for this. I have no file for play. I'm intense. I'm driven. I'm working for God. I'm doing good things. I'm trying to grow. I don't have time to play. And I could see his wink was the wink of Jesus. Jesus is utterly playful. He plays tricks on his friends. He's curious. He's laughter. Just look at creation from the hippo to the rhino to the giraffe. <laughs> God loves play. Yeah. And it's a way into his heart. Yeah, it's it's a phenomenal thing. And when you look at that word in Hebrew, it surprisingly has some really holy things inside the letters of play, which mm. surprised me. But when you think about it, David played, right? Those instruments, it's all... He was a wild man. Yeah. Yeah, he's just, he had a wild, playful heart, you know, and, and it's, it's when we play doing something for nothing other than the sake of enjoyment, it allows us to risk practicing and believing that God is playful and actually just cares for who we are because we are, not because what we do, not because we've earned it, but we are worthy of love and belonging because God exists and we exist in his image. I've never said this out loud, but I have a camper because I'm out hunting this little camper and on the back is this huge sticker and it is a rainbow unicorn dancing <laughs> horse. And I have no idea why Abigail, uh, my daughter, and I picked that out. Oh, we, we only have a few seconds, like five seconds left. And we I said it's it. for play. It's, <laughs> it's for, play. for it's for play. And there you go. Thank you, Morgan, so much. In a race that you can't win, slow it down. Yeah, you only get one go round. Cause the finish line is six feet in the ground. In a race you can't win, just slow it down. In a world full of hate, be alive. Oh, when you do it 
can wait in a world full of hate. Be late. You're listening to the Truth Network and TruthNetwork.com.